Uh, welcome to The Crossing today. It is so good to see you, to have you here. If you're new around here, our mission here at The Crossing is helping people discover Jesus and the journey. We just believe that Jesus changes lives. Well, let's go ahead and welcome those who are also joining us, our Southeast Campus. Love you guys, our microsites, those who are watching online. Glad that you're part of the Crossing family with us. We are in week two of this series that we are calling Rewired. That when you change your thinking, it will change your life. And here's what we learned last week, is that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Well, when my youngest daughter was a kid, that whenever she got her allowance or she got extra money, she was one of those kids who just wanted to spend it immediately. I mean, money was just burning a hole in her pocket, so she always wanted to go to Target to buy the latest toy or doll or whatever it is, but she would be relentless. It'd be, can we go to Target? When can we go to Target? I'd like to go to Target. And finally, I mean, I would just lose it. And I would say, if you ask again, we will never go to Targets. <laughs> then a few minutes later, she'd say, can we go to Walmart then? Like, <laughs> no. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. The life that you have, it is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. That whatever your strongest thought is, that's the direction that your life is going to go. Whatever comes into your mind is going to come out of your life. And last week, I introduced what is going to be the theme verse for this series. It comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So we live here in this world, but, but those of us who are followers of Christ, we don't fight life's battles like everyone else. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Paul says, the Apostle Paul says, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you have the divine power, you have God's power in you to demolish strongholds, that you don't have to do this on your own. This isn't about just trying a little bit harder just to try to get your life all together. No, through Jesus, you have the power to demolish strongholds. He goes on, he says, we demolish arguments. Now, this right here, the idea of this is anything that's hostile to the Christian faith. So we demolish anything that, that's hostile to the Christian faith and to our faith and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is what we're going to talk about next week is how we take captive every thought. But today we're going to talk about overcoming strongholds. And here's what I mean by a stronghold. That there is something in your life that if it were not in your life, that your life would be better. It is this, this battle that is waging war in your mind. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 7. Because in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul describes this battle better than perhaps anybody else. And although we look at the Apostle Paul as this hero of the faith, he wasn't always. Because before he was a follower of Jesus, he hated Christians and he tried to extinguish Christianity. Until he had this encounter 
with Jesus that turned his life upside down. And he describes this battle that's within us. He describes this conflict that all of us wrestle with. And here's what he says. He says, I do not understand what I do. Now, if you're new to Christianity, one of the things that many Christians have is they have what, what is called a life verse. You know, this, this verse that just encapsulates what they want their life to be. I'm going to share with you my life verse next week. But couldn't this kind of be all of our life verses? I do not understand what I do. I mean, that's just kind of where we are, isn't it? Haven't you ever felt like that? That every single one of us could tell a story of something that we did this past week. And we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I eat that? Why did I sleep in again? Why did I call her? Why did I say yes? Why did I agree? Why did I do that again in my life? That I do not understand what I do. Why do I do what I don't want to do? See, the reason is, is because there is a conflict between the life that you want, what you value, and your human nature. There is this battle that is going on inside of you. And Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. See, this is not the experience of someone who doesn't know God. This is not the experience of someone who is far from God. This is the experience of someone who is a follower of Jesus. He says, I I know what I ought to do, but I don't do it. And I feel guilty. And the things that I hate, that's what I end up doing. Let me just speak to just a few of you here for just a minute. Because if you are being honest, you hate yourself. And you hate yourself because of what you have done. And you would like to blame other people, but you know at the core that it is you. And this is perhaps an everyday struggle for you. The Apostle Paul says, I understand that. I hate what I do. And he says, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. Now let me tell you what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he's talking about the law. That before he was a Christian, he was Jewish. And he wasn't just a normal Jew. That he was a, he was a religious leader. The Apostle Paul was a Pharisee, and he was a really good Pharisee. The Apostle Paul would tell you of all the people trying to keep the Jewish law, he'd say, I am the best. And he's saying, it's not that the rules are bad, as he's talking about the law right here. He says, it's not that the rules are bad, I just can't keep them. That I know that I, 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 know that I shouldn't lust. I know that I shouldn't lose my temper. I just couldn't do it. See, for, for all of us here, It's not that we don't know right from wrong. You know, there is rarely a time in our life where we go, I did not know that was wrong. We we know that. We just can't do it. Paul says, "For, for I have the desire to do what is good. This is what I desire. This is what I want to do. But I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. This is what I keep on doing. Now, this should make you feel better about yourself 
Because this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy who wrote half of the New Testament. He says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. He says it, it is waging war that there is this war that is going on. See, that is why this feels like such a battle in us. That there is a war between what you want to do and what you do. There is this war between this sinful part of your life that keeps creeping in and who you want to be. And he says, we wage war against the law of my mind. Because most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. The things that you do begin with what you think. See, this is why strongholds have so much power over us. It's not that we want to keep doing those things. We have the desire to do what is good. But we keep doing what we do not want to do. And what happens is you feel like you are a prisoner to your own sin. See, here's the thing about strongholds. That whatever it is, it's something that you can't shake. And what you do in your life is you make this commitment. This is the last time I'm going to do that. I'm never going to do that again. And then within a few days, you're right back there again. You think it is just too strong for me. So what I want to do is, is I want to help you identify the stronghold in your life. I want to help you identify what that is because I realize that when we talk about strongholds, that's not a term that we talk about very often. And so maybe you wonder what exactly is a stronghold? Well, I gave a definition last week of a stronghold. A stronghold is a fortified prison that has deceived you into thinking that you can't break free. That's what, it's what a stronghold is. It, a stronghold feels like it has power over you, but it really doesn't. It is a lie. It is a deception. You think that it has more power in your life than it actually does. One of the environments that we have here at the crossing is an environment called Rooted. Rooted is a 10-week discipleship journey. That In Rooted, we look at the five rhythms of discipleship, excuse me, the seven rhythms of discipleship, these seven rhythms that every follower of Christ should have. Now, let me just tell you, I want everybody in the crossing to take rooted at some point. I want everybody to do it. We start our first session in a couple weeks. It's completely sold out. We'll start the next one in April. But one of the days of rooted focuses on strongholds. And I'm going to share with you a few things that come from this study and come from that day that you'll be studying when you take that. And so let me, let me first just give you a couple characteristics about strongholds. Here's the first. A stronghold is more than a sin. We all sin. We all have sins in our life. And while a stronghold might start out as a sin, it spirals into something more that takes a foothold in our life, and we don't feel like we can break it. Here's the second thing about a stronghold. It is usually something that we keep secret. Nobody knows that this is what we struggle with in our life. And this is one of the things that Satan uses to continue to have power over you. 
Because the shame and the guilt that's associated with our strongholds, they just keep them locked inside of us and they give them power over us. So there's 12 strongholds. There's 12 strongholds that that you may begin to identify with these. And so I want to talk about each one of these and begin to define them for you. Here are these 12 strongholds. This first one is bitterness. Now, bitterness might, might be resentment or hatred towards someone. It might be where you are unable to forgive, that you have these, these feelings of anger and revenge. Here is the lie of bitterness. The lie of bitterness says that I have power when I don't forgive somebody else, that I continue to have that power. Here's, here's this next one, control. Now, control might include manipulation of others because you're always trying to control people. And so now you begin to manipulate other people. At the core of this, it's a lack of trust in other people that you can't trust them. And it, it begins to show itself with this obsession of recognition. Now, here is the lie of control. The lie of control just says that I can control my own life. I can control my own life. Well, here's this next one, idolatry. Now, I could do a whole series on idolatry, but, but for these purposes, let me just simplify it down to this, that this would include greed and materialism, these things that have become idols in our life. It could become selfishness or vanity. And the lie of idolatry says that if I just had a little bit more, then I would be content. It's the lie of idolatry. So next one, deceit. Now, obviously, this is deceiving people, but this is going to include not only lying, but this would include rationalizing, where you begin to rationalize the things that you do. And the lie of deceit is that my actions are justified if I get what I need. Jealousy. Now, jealousy, this might include you know, a a critical or a judgmental spirit. It's the way it shows itself, is that you become critical and judgmental of other people. It might also be what causes you to gossip and slander other people. And the lie of jealousy, the lie of jealousy is that I'm entitled to what I have, that I'm entitled to all of that. Sexual immorality. Now, sexual immorality, from a biblical sense, is any sexual activity that happens outside of marriage. But this would include adultery. This would also include pornography. I think pornography is the scourge of our generation. And some of you may feel like that that is an incredible stronghold in your life. And the lie of sexual immorality is that I'm free to satisfy my own desires. False teaching and religion. False teaching and religion. Now, this would include dabbling in the occult. This would include Ouija boards, fortune telling, tarot cards. Let me just say, if you have those things in your home, you need to go home and throw them away. See, the lie is this, is that these things have more truth than God does because it's trying to find this truth in other ways, this spiritual truth. So the lie says, Well, they hold more truth than God does. Insecurity. Insecurity is this overwhelming feeling of inadequacy. That you have this overwhelming feeling of inadequacy and you begin to withdraw from others 
because of your insecurity. And this could cause you to go into unhealthy relationships because of your insecurity. And the lie here is that I am less than everyone else around me. I'm less than this. Rejection. Rejection. Um, some examples of this would be because I, because I face rejection, because I feel this, I'm going to seek acceptance in whatever way that I can get it. It is feeling unworthy. This is the basis for, for many addictions right here. It is because of rejection that I'm going to try to cover that up or I'm going to try to feel accepted. And the lie of rejection is that I am unlovable. Despair. Despair is you feel hopeless and isolated. Listen, all of us go through depression. We all have moments where we feel depressed and we go through depression. This is more than that. This is where you feel so hopeless, you isolate yourself. This right here may also be the foundation of addictions and self-harm. That if that is your stronghold where you feel that it may start here at despair. And the lie of despair is that even God has abandoned me. Fear. Now fear, this is that overwhelming fear where you can't move forward. This would be, you know, unhealthy phobias, but this would be, you know, the need for perfectionism because you have this fear of failure. That underlining you have this fear of failure and so everything has to be just perfect before you can move forward. And the lie says that being afraid keeps me from harm. That this is good for me because it keeps me from being harmed. And then this last one is pride. Pride. That we can begin to see all of that coming, but as, the, as a stronghold, this causes you to be controlling of other people. This is what causes us to begin to boast about ourselves, belittling other people. And the lie of pride says that I am where I am because of what I have done. I am where I am because of what I have done. Now, some of you, you look at this list right here, you're really worried because you think you have all of them. You're like, oh my goodness, I, I, I think that's me, you know. I've got all 12 of those. Well, to overcome a, a stronghold, you need to be honest with yourself and identify what has a hold on you. It's deceived you into thinking that you can't break free. So I want you to take the list, a look at this list, and just determine, is there one or two of these? that kind of begin to emerge and hit you more than the others. That Paul is going to give us the key to overcoming strongholds. So let's go back to, to Romans chapter 7. Paul just says this. He says, what a wretched man I am. At some point, every one of us have thought that. Maybe you used a different word. But at some point you thought, what a wretched man I am. What a wretched woman I am. What a wretched parent I am. What a wretched teenager. What a wretched spring breaker I am. We have all been there. Because we know what we ought to do. But you just don't seem to be able to break free. Paul says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body? that is subject to death. Now, Paul asks the right question. He doesn't ask the what question. He doesn't ask, what can I do in my life? 
He doesn't say, what can I do to pay God back? He doesn't say, what can I do to be a better person? Because the right question is not a what. The right question is a who. And this next statement, it is huge. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, it is through Jesus is the only way to break the bondage of religion and break the bondage of sin that says, I shouldn't, but I can't. I want to, but I've never been able to seem able to. Now, I want you to see the way he ends this. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because there is a difference between Jesus being your Savior and Jesus being your Lord. That for many of you, you probably, if you're a follower of Jesus, you probably remember the moment where Jesus became your Savior. Maybe it was here at the crossing. Maybe you can remember it so clearly because God just met you right where you are. And while there is a moment that you can remember that Jesus became your Savior, He's not yet your Lord. You have not yet submitted yourself to the Lordship of Jesus, submitting every part of your life to Him. See, this is God's desire is that you can experience freedom. And God has given you the power to demolish strongholds in your life. God's desire is that you would have freedom from those things, that they would not have a stranglehold on you. So we're going to walk through these strongholds again, and we're going to talk about where freedom comes from. And maybe for you, that as we get to yours, you just write it down and you write the scripture that's there as well, or just take out your phone and just take a picture of this. Here's this first one. The stronghold of bitterness where you have this anger, this unforgiveness, freedom comes through forgiveness. And here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 3.13. He says, you forgive just as the Lord has forgiven you. You forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. This is what helps you break that stronghold of bitterness. Here's this next one, control. If you feel like you have to control everything and people... Freedom comes through surrender. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 16. He says, whoever would be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It only comes through surrender. This next stronghold of idolatry, freedom comes through contentment. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.12. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. It's not something that comes naturally. You learn to be content. You learn to be content. This next one of deceit, where you are trying to deceive, maybe it's rationalizing, it is truthfulness. And what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Not your yes be maybe, It is yes be yes and no be no. Here's the next stronghold. It is jealousy. In jealousy, freedom comes from gratefulness or gratitude. And in 1 Chronicles, here's what it says. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. You give thanks to the Lord. You are living in gratitude. This next stronghold of sexual immorality. Freedom comes through purity. See here, I I hear people all the time say, I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know God's will for my life. 
in 1 Thessalonians, it says that God's will for your life is to avoid sexual immorality. You want to know what God's will is? That you'd be pure. Because that's where freedom comes from. This next stronghold of false teaching and religions. Freedom comes from God's word because part of this is I'm trying to find some spiritual direction from somewhere else. And it comes from God's word. Jesus says in John chapter 14, one of his famous verses, is he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not going to come in any other way. This next stronghold of insecurity is that freedom comes from your security in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says that you are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I love how the Apostle Paul ends this, which God prepared in advance for you to do. That your freedom comes from your security in Christ. This next one of rejection, freedom comes from acceptance, that you are accepted by God. John 3.16, maybe one of the first verses you ever memorize as a kid, it says, for God loved, and you just personalize it, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that you are accepted through Jesus. This next one of despair and freedom comes from hope. It says in Psalm, it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close to the brokenhearted. It's next stronghold of fear, where you just have this fear that just cripples you. Freedom comes when you trust in God's sovereignty. The scripture here in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says that not even, not even a sparrow falls to the ground without God's care. And then he says, how much more valuable are you than the sparrows? He says, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You are more valuable. And here's this last one. The stronghold of pride. Freedom comes from humility. And in James chapter 4, James, the brother of Jesus, he quotes a scripture that actually comes out of the book of Proverbs, where it says that God opposes the proud, but shows grace or gives favor to the humble. Gives favor to the humble. See, this is God's work in us, that he wants to bring you freedom. So let me just be transparent with you for just a minute. Because there are several of those strongholds that, that at different seasons in my life that those have been strongholds. But there's one that I identify with a little bit more. And as I share this, some of you are going to go, man, you need counseling. I'm going to leave this church. So let me just assure you, I get counseling, so don't leave the church. <laughs> if one of those kind of begins to overwhelm me, it's despair. That I can just fall into despair, and it can become a stronghold in me. 12,000 people can come at Christmas, but I'll get one negative email, and I will obsess on that. And it just becomes this cloud that I cannot get out of, and I just have to remind myself, of the promises of God and his purpose for my life. So I don't know what it is for you, but here's what God's desire is for you, is that you would find freedom from your strongholds. The reason that Jesus came was to set you free from the bondage of sin and the power of Satan. Here's the bottom line. 
Bottom line is the only way to overcome a stronghold is a who, not a what. It's a who, not a what. It's Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, who will rescue me? He says, thanks be to God, for it comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. You cannot overcome a stronghold by just getting your act together, by just being more disciplined. That's not how you do it. The only way to overcome a stronghold is through Jesus. It is a who, not a what. Let me just say this in a different way. The secret of deliverance is not deliverance. It's knowing the deliverer. See, the secret of deliverance, it is knowing Jesus. And what Jesus wants to do for you is he wants to help you take back the ground that you surrender to the evil one, to the enemy. Here's what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 John. He says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason that Jesus came was to destroy the devil's work. Here's what I want to do. I I want to talk to two groups of people. And then I'm going to pray with both groups. There are a lot of you who have been leaning on a what. Maybe it's, it's your identity, what people think of you. Maybe it is your ability to make money because that's just been an idol to you that you keep chasing. Maybe the what for you is having the right relationship. Maybe it's an addiction that has been a stronghold for you, but maybe the foundation of that addiction is something else. But freedom comes through a who. It is Jesus. And I want to give an opportunity for some of you who have never surrendered your life to Jesus to start a relationship with Jesus, to make Jesus your Savior and your Lord, to finally say yes to Jesus. And I know for some of you, you know that you're far from God. You know that you're far from God. God is not condemning you. God is convicting you. He wants a relationship with you. And here's what I want to do. I just want to ask everybody just to bow their heads and close their eyes because I'm going to lead you through a prayer and we're going to do two prayers. And the first prayer is for those of you who are not yet followers of Jesus, but you're ready. You are ready to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to help you take your first step in Him. Just repeat these words after me. And you can just say them just quietly between you and God or you can whisper them whatever you want to do. Just say, God, today I am surrendering my life to Jesus. Forgive me. Change me. Come live inside of me. I am accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, would you let us know? In that card in front of you, it says that I have decided. Just fill that out. That we want to come alongside you. Baptism is your next step. For others of you, you've been a follower of Jesus, but you have a stronghold that has just seemed too strong for you. 
Jesus came to give you back what the devil stole from you. You are not what you do. You are who God sees you. Jesus came to give you freedom. So I want you just to pray this. God, I know through the death of Jesus, you have given me the power to demolish strongholds in my life. So today, I confess that I have given a foothold to, and you confess whatever stronghold that is for you. God, I confess that I have given a foothold. But I claim freedom through Christ. And I take back the ground that I've surrendered to the enemy. God, we come here today surrendering to you, acknowledging that we need Jesus to rescue us, that we can't do this on our own, we can't do this by just trying to be more disciplined or get our act together, that it only happens through Jesus. Thank you that Jesus came to steal back the ground that the devil has taken from us. So we thank you for his sacrifice, for his love for us, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.